If you would, repeat after me. Say, God, why? Today we start a brand new series that's going to take us uh, to Easter and even beyond Easter because it's such a big question. A question that you and I have all asked, whether verbally or in our head, God, why? why? God, why did you allow this to happen? God, why? Why mosquitoes, God? Why? God, why, how could we, why would we go golfing one day and then it blizzard the next day? God, why? Why are women, this is for you. God, why are men such wimps when they get sick? Right? Yeah. Why, why does the common cold render us powerless? I don't know. I remember, it wasn't that long ago when I had the common cold. And uh, I was like to my wife, Jody. I said, Jody, I said, can you, can you grab the remote? And she's like, it's literally six inches from your hand. I'm like, I know, but I, I can't. Apparently, it rendered me paralyzed. I mean, it was, it was weird. But why, God? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to seemingly bad people? We have all these questions. And these are what we're going to look at. For example, God, and we've all been there, we prayed the prayer for the person that was sick, and they didn't get better. God, why didn't you heal them? I mean, God, why? We had the prayer team praying. We had the church praying. And they didn't get better. God, why don't you heal anymore? Like, like you used to. I used to see it all over the place. Do you know, by the way, that physical healing is... Uh, eight out of every ten prayers that are prayed are for physical healing. If you didn't know that. So, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, I think of the one prayer that the gal had. It wasn't in Meadows Church, but she came up to the prayer warrior. And she said, you need to pray for my husband. I said, she, he has here, serious head trauma. And the prayer warrior's like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I, she said, if I can ask, what happened? And she said, yeah, no problem. It was just a regular, seemingly regular day. And uh, I was putting, getting clothes together because I was going to donate them. And he said it'd be easier just to throw them away because I was going through all this time. And I explained to him, honey, listen, there are people, there are poor people, starving people that would benefit from these clothes. And he said, honey, anyone that fits into your clothes certainly isn't starving. So anyway, he's got, he's got this head trauma, and uh, yeah, so pray for him. <laughs> I know, maybe it's too early. Uh, okay, but when you read, I'm sorry, when you read the Word of God, that wasn't a true story, when you read the Word of God, um, it seems like Jesus is just dishing out healing, isn't he? It's like you get healed, and you get healed, and you get your sight back, and you get your hearing back, and you get to walk again, and you get to talk. I mean, it's all over the place. Like, I was just looking in, in one book of the Bible this week, Matthew. And I'm like, it's all over. I, I found four, like, in seconds. I'll, sh I'll sh give you examples. Matthew 21, 14. The blind and the lame came to Jesus at the temple. And what did Jesus do? He healed them. Matthew 15, 30. Great crowds came to him. They brought lame, blind, crippled, mute, and many others. And laid them at the feet of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He healed them. We could keep going. So he left that area. And many followed. He healed all. Say all. He didn't discriminate. He healed all who were sick among them. For the sake of time, just one more. Matthew 4.24. News about Jesus is spreading as far as Syria. And soon people began bringing him all who were sick. Whatever their sickness or disease, it didn't matter. They, some were even demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed. He healed them. Yeah. 
I don't get it. Why does it, God, why aren't you doing it like that anymore? Because that seems different. And people today will, I hear different camps. Some would be like, Jesus, or God just doesn't heal in those miraculous ways like that, those dramatic ways anymore. And then in the other side, they'll be like, no, 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 God does that. If you have the faith, right? If you have the faith to believe, he'll heal anything and everything. And I think it's dangerous to put yourself in a certain camp or, a, you know, I mean, God is, who are we to describe? What we're going to learn in this series is God's ways are higher than our ways. That, that's one thing that, that we're going to learn for sure. But, but I think to myself, oh, by the way, let's be honest. When we're talking about healing in, the, in this message, what we think about are the dramatic healings, right? The, the blind and then they see. The crippled and then they stand up and walk. But let's be honest, you've been healed hundreds of times. So have I. That common cold that renders us men powerless, eventually, we get our power back. Eventually, we're, the cold's gone. You've had the flu. Uh, eventually, you got better. You've accidentally cut your finger. A few days later, uh, magically, eventually, that cut was gone. You maybe even grew up and broke a bone at one point. Wow, that bone has mended. So, so let's just, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that God that we're talking about from thousands of years ago that healed people all the time, he's the same God that heals people today. That's the first thing you want to know. Yeah, so our question is, but why does it seem different? Why is it, why are there some that aren't getting healed? Why don't you heal everybody? I'm going to give you three stories out of the Word of God, two very quickly just touch on, and one in more detail. I'll set them up. All three of these stories involve somebody that needs healing. Here's what's interesting, and you, I don't even know what to do with this. None of the people that, that are looking for healing in the story ask for it. None of them ask for it. We hear none of them say, I would like to get healed. Take me to Jesus. None of them say it. You're going to get a glimpse into, into why. In fact, the very first story in John 9, the disciples are in a series like we're in. They're in a series called Jesus, why? That's what they said. They roll up on a, Jesus and the disciples rolled up on a blind guy. Been blind since birth. And, and the disciples are like, God, why has he been blind since birth? Was it his sin, because he's a sinner? Or maybe his parents? And Jesus, how does Jesus answer? Look, look at this. Jesus says in John 9, 3, it wasn't because of his sins, wasn't because of his parents' sins, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. So, so there was more to the story going on. And some of you, you know the story and how it went down. If you don't, here's what happened next. Jesus spits in the mud, or in the ground to make mud, and then smears it all over the guy's face. Kind of, kind of a messy one, right? Now, under, understand the guy, he can't see, but he can hear. So he's hearing, you know, and he's like, what? What is that noise? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. And all of a sudden, he can't see, but he can feel. And pretty soon he feels Jesus smearing this mud all over his eyes. And I'm sure he's thinking, Jesus, I hear you heal people from a distance, but I guess that's not your, I guess you can't do that here, huh? You're going to do this different for me. Give me the old mud pie mojo. And that's exactly what he got. The mud pie mojo. And he washed his face. He washed his eyes. And he could see. We're going to come back to that story in a second. I want to go to the main text for today. In the Gospel of Luke, when I say Gospels, that means good news. Say good news. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all tell the story of Jesus' life. 
four different guys, four different angles, writing down the story. Luke writes this story, and it's found in Luke 5, starting in the 17th verse. I'm just going to read it to you. As I read, some of you will be like, oh, I remember that story. And some of you maybe won't even know the story. That's okay. You'll know it when we're done. And I promise you, if you lean in, it'll change you. Luke 5, 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out from every town to see him, Galilee and Judea and, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, a man, or some men brought a man on a bed who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring to Jesus to lay before him. When, and when they could not find a way into the place because of the crowd, they went up on top of the roof and dug through the roof and let him down that way. On his bed in the midst of Jesus. Verse 20 says, when Jesus saw their faith, talking about the, the friends, he said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven. And then I can just picture Jesus going back to the teaching. Remember, that was the goal. He's teaching. So this guy abruptly comes in, and he, Jesus is like, you're forgiven. And then he goes back. So anyway, there was this time, and he starts teaching again. And, 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 the, and the guys, his friends are like, what's he did he, did he heal him? No, no. Hey, can, can you stand up? No, no. He's, he's definitely not healed. He looks the same. He's laying there the same. And Jesus is over there just talking. And, and, and they're probably not the only ones discussing it. It says that the Pharisees and the religious people were also having a little side conversation. Back to the word of God. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Who is this guy thinking he can forgive sins? blasphemy that's a lie in the name of the lord that who can forgive sins but god alone they're bothered by what jesus said but then jesus perceived their thoughts and he answered them and said why are you reasoning in your hearts what's he, let me ask you a question what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or is it easier to say rise up and walk then he says but that you may know that the son of man has the power on earth to forgive sins he said to the man, to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your bed, and go to your house. And the man arises, takes up his bed, and departs to his house, glorifying God. Wow, just remember that. Glorifying God. And they were all amazed. In fact, they glorified God. So, this is another healing from Jesus. The people, the friends got what they wanted. I don't know that the paralyzed man, I'm guessing he wanted to be healed, but he never says it. Never says anything there. And Jesus heals him. Let me ask you a question. Is it still a good story, or is God still good, if Jesus says your sins are forgiven, turns and starts doing more of his teaching, and never heals him? Like eventually the, the friends are like, I guess this is it. All right, let's, let's get him back up off the roof and get him out of here. Are, are they glorifying God then? Are, are, are they saying God is good all the time and all the time? God is good then? See, I don't, I don't know that they would be. This story is nuts. This is going to blow you away. If the healing didn't come for that man, are they still glorifying God? This is the, one of the main things I want us to know. Because you've all prayed, and some of you are praying right now for healing, and it's personal. 
and you're praying for a loved one or yourself or a friend, and it's serious. And I'm here, I, I came to tell you this. Whether the healing, physical healing comes or doesn't come, I want you to know that, that God's heart is always loving. It always is. And God's ways, I said this earlier, God's ways are always higher. So, so regardless of if the paralyzed man can walk or can't walk when he leaves, what we want you to know, what I want you to know, in fact, say this after me. Say, God loves me. He wants the best for me and those around me. God loves me. He wants the best for me and those around me. Just leave it up for a second. I love just looking at it. Gosh, Pastor Monty, it seems so elementary. God loves me. What are we in second grade? No. No, but if we just own God loves me and you left with just that and you believed it every day, all day, your life would dramatically change. It would dramatically change. God loves me. The healing didn't come. He loves me. They, they died. He loves me. He wants the best for me and those around me. With that context... Let's go back to the story. You ready for this? Do you know, do you remember how the story started? If you don't, I'll read the first verse that we started with, the story. What was God's will that day? His goal wasn't to heal, heal a paralyzed guy. That guy just showed up and crashed the party abruptly. That wasn't what Jesus set out to do. You know what Jesus set out to do that day? Teach. I'll, I'll show you. The first verse, I'll read it again. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. They'd come out from every town, Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. And don't miss what it says next. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. It was never about the paralyzed man. I know our Bibles will title it, the paralytic man, the four friends. They're not the main character in the story. They never were supposed to be. They're in it and praise God for it. Do you know who the main character in the story was according to Jesus? The Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers of the law. And Jesus, remember what he said? I have the power to heal them. Now that would appall them because they're not, they, they're not sick. I ain't paralyzed. I can see. I can hear. We look good. It's everybody else who's messed up. So to say they need healing would not make sense. But they must need healing because it says the, the, Lord, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. We'll take it a step farther. Remember when Jesus said your sins are forgiven to the guy? And they're like, what the heck? We didn't come for that. And, and why did Jesus go back and heal them? Why? I'll tell you why. Verse 24. But that you, who's he talking to? The Pharisees, the religious people. We think that Jesus hated the Pharisees. He loved them. Oh, he butted heads with them. I mean, they, they, they didn't get along theologically a lot. But he died for them. And he loves them. And, and, and the hardest people to reach are the people that don't think they need to be reached. And that was them. I'm not sick. You're sick. I'm not addicted. Look at him. You know, it, we say it all the time. So, so Jesus says, all right, fine. But that you may know the Son of Man. That you Pharisee and you, you religious folk and you scribe, religious people. That you, since you're my main audience, you're who I'm talking to. That you may know the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. Jesus, he loves them. He loves the paralyzed man. He loves the friends. He wanted the best for all of them. 
and even the Pharisees, those around them. See, this, when you look at the whole picture, you'll see so much more. We just assume physical healing is what Jesus must want. That must be a given. That's always got to be the best thing. That's God's will. Is it always God's will? If physical healing was always the will of God, like, and we're living in the will of God as followers of Jesus, we would never die. Ever. Like, and do you really want that? Walking around at 147 years? I, I don't. I told my wife, Jody, I, I don't even know if I'll live to 80. I've lived a hard life, so who knows? But I said, Jody, if I get to the point where I'm like incoherent and incapacitated and whatever, she said, no, 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 I know. We'll pull the plug. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say, I didn't say pull the plug. What are you talking about? I said, just pray for me, will you? My gosh, a little quick with the plug there. But, uh, you know, do you want that? We assume it's always got, physical healing is always the will of God. Physical healing is never the, the ultimate goal. It never is. Did you know that? It can't be. Not, not according to scripture. Physical healing is never the ultimate goal. It's always a means to an end. It always is. It's always a setup for something greater. Why did he heal the paralytic man? Pharisees, Sadducees, I love you. I'll forgive your sins. I know you don't think you have any. You do. And I'll forgive you. And I'll set you free. Man that been born blind, you know what? I'm going to heal you, but, but, but because of this, I mean, you, I'm going to be glorified. Lives are going to change. Physical healing is never the ultimate goal. See, if you think it is and you're so concerned about it, you're living for this. You're living for this world, and that's what that is. And you're discounting everything else. I'm not saying we don't ask for physical healing. I'm, I'm not saying we don't pray for it. I do all the time. But I'm just saying it's not the ultimate goal. Last story I want to share. Lazarus. Some of you might know the story of Lazarus. If there, I mean, the ultimate physical healing, we have to agree with this, is someone who's dead and then they come back to life. It doesn't get more physical healing than that, does it? I mean, that's, that's noteworthy. That turns heads. I don't care what anybody says. If, if later today you're having a gender reveal party, you know, for your baby, and your grandma, who's been dead for 12 years, walks in to find out if you're having a boy or a girl, okay, <laughs> that day's no longer about, like, pink or blue. It's about Grandma Sue and whatever. I, I couldn't think of anything else, but you know what I'm saying. So, um, that's Dr. Seuss in the house. Um, but anyway, that, uh, you ain't, that's a game changer. Lazarus was raised from the dead by his friend, Jesus. It wasn't even for Lazarus. He never even asked for it, as far as we know. Neither did anybody else in these stories. But it doesn't matter. His sisters wanted it, because we want the best for our loved ones. We want the best, and we think the best is just to keep them alive forever. And that's got to be the best thing. Is it? So Lazarus, his sisters, Mary and Martha, send a message to Jesus. And Jesus loves this family. They're close. They hang out. They, they play cards together. And, and they send a message to Jesus, um, you know, carrier pigeon or whatever. And it gets to Jesus, Lazarus is bad shape. You need to come. You need to, you need to help. You, you could do this. And Jesus purposely doesn't do it. He waits till Lazarus is dead. Okay, well, why would you do that, Jesus? Plus, he's your friend. That's the opposite of what I think Jesus should do. That's the opposite of who you are, Jesus. That doesn't make sense. Jesus, you, you let him die. 
remember our, remember our mantra, God loves Mary and Martha and Lazarus. God wants the best for them and those around them, right? Keep that in mind. So Jesus waits till, as he, Jesus says to the disciples, you know, he's sleeping. And they, they think it's literal. And Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm, I, I told him plainly, Lazarus, what I mean is he's dead. And for your sake, disciples, I'm glad he is. I, what does he say? And for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there to save him. I'm glad I wasn't there to heal him. Why? So that you would believe. So that you would believe. Come on, let's go. And he shows up on the scene, and he gets there, and he, and he gets to the tomb, and he says, come out, Lazarus. And Lazarus comes out, and Jesus brings him back to life. Um, in fact, John 11 says, after that happened, many of the people who were with Mary, the sister, believed in Jesus. God loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loves the disciples. Oh, and he loves your friends and your family around here, mourning Lazarus. He loves all of you. It was never even about Lazarus. It's so funny. We think Lazarus is the lucky one. I don't know. I've said it before. He was in heaven. Okay? They escort Lazarus out of heaven, out of his perfect body. Lazarus, hey, we're going to send you back into that corpse. You know, that body that smells for four days. Good luck getting a date, okay? It's not going to happen. So we send him back into that, only to die again. Lazarus was one of the lucky ones that got to die twice. I'm telling you, I hope he went peacefully in his sleep for a second and death. I do. I mean, if he, if he got trampled by a herd of camels, I feel terrible because that guy's been through a lot. He's been through a ton. Lazarus wasn't the center of the story. The disciples, the people, it's crazy. When you, when you, when you look and see that God loves me, God wants the best for me, but also those around me. Physical healing is never the ultimate goal. It's always a means to an end. It's always a setup for something greater. See, it's always a setup for something greater. As a follower of Jesus, if, if that's you today, the main goal, like your main goal isn't to like just be pain-free. The main goal isn't to be comfortable. It isn't to like get everything that we ask for. Our main goal as followers of Jesus is to glorify and honor God and let him use us for the kingdom of God. That's our goal. And trust God, you know best. You know best, we don't. So here's the question that you really need to ask when it comes to situations of healing and people that are sick. Here's what, the first thing that we should ask God. God, what do you want? What do you want to do with this? I mean, do you, we, our default's going to be heal them, of course. Do you desire to heal this person? Or God, maybe you have another plan to show something else to others through, this, through the sickness. See, for somebody that says God always wants to heal everybody, it, there's no way that can be true. Paul is probably the greatest Christian who ever walked the earth. Like, so good that God used him to write a lot in the New Testament. Paul had a physical ailment that was very torturous. Paul loved God. God loved Paul. Paul begged God three times, take it from me. It's hindering me. It's hurting me. I could, Lord, if you do, I could do more ministry. I could reach more people for you. What did God say? You know what God says? Mm. 
I like you having it. That's what he said. No. It's good that you have that ailment, Paul. What? I just told you it hurts. I just told you that I don't want it. I know, but it's good for you. I mean, he didn't say it exactly like that. I'll tell you what the Lord said. Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. Wow. That's, you know, boy, that's a big one. So God's power, we think, oh, God's power is going to, according to God, his power uh, is, works better in other situations than, other, than some situations. And he says, my, that my power works best in your weakness. My, uh, some of you know this uh, story of my, my right ear, where I lost hearing in my ear uh, in November, like that, like in, in a second it was gone, and uh, don't know why, no answers, and it's definitely a weakness, it is a hindrance, and it is an annoyance, and I went to the doctor, and you know, no one, just oh no, it just happens sometimes, and uh, my family and friends are like, get a second opinion, you know, before you start doing, making decisions, I mean, this is your hearing. Get a second opinion. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's probably wise. So Mayo Clinic, right? If there's any place to get a second opinion, it's there. They're the experts. They know what, I mean, if they're the top, cream of the crop. Rochester's not that far. Five hours and seven minutes. I should know. I just drove it on Tuesday. So it's five hours and seven minutes, all of it. I'm driving there to Rochester on Tuesday. It's crazy because I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be good. And the reason I was so optimistic was because Mayo Clinic, you, you send them all the, you know, your previous tests and your results and all this, and they get the notes from the doctor here. And if they can't do anything, if they read it all of it, and they, they're like, yeah, from what's been done, there's nothing else we can do. They'll tell you that. They'll say, don't come. Don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to waste your five hours and seven minutes both ways. Uh, you can just, you're good. But they called me and said, well, we want to see you. And I was like, You do? I said, I want to see you too. <laughs> this is so good. So I got in my car and I was so excited. I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, what did we maybe miss here? I thought they probably have some special gizmo or gas, ga- gadget at the Mayo Clinic where they're going to hook it up and they're going to go in. They're going to get to a place that no one else can get to because they're the Mayo Clinic. And they're going to see, oh, it looks like the nerve is just like disconnected. And they're going to go in there and they're going to stitch it up and they're going to be like, all right, you're good. And I'm like, oh, praise God, he's good. You know? And that's in my mind. So I get there, I sit down, and the, I don't know her title, it's a big word. Let's just say ENT. The ENT doctor comes in, and she's like, oh, read through your chart, and read through your notes. She goes, well, tell me what happened. And I'm like, okay. Look. So I kind of just give her a quick summary of that day when it just was gone. And, uh, and she says, um, she said, oh, God, you guys. So she says, you know what it probably was, and we don't know for sure, but a lot of times it's a nerve. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, keep going, keep going, because soon you're going to reach down, and you're going to get out the gizmo, or the, the, the gadget, whatever it is, that special secret, and she says it's a nerve that gets damaged by a virus or something, and, and, and it's damaged. I say, yeah, yeah, you, you, we are tracking, ma'am, we are tracking. Now do your thing. And she just stares at me, and I'm like, okay. And she says, so... Couple things we can do. They have a device where you know it'll take the hearing that comes on this side and send it over here. I'm like, okay. Or there's this implant, and they can implant it in the back of your head and all this, and then you'll hear through that. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's nothing. We haven't even done any tests or nothing. Like, 
do you want to like look in my ear or something? I mean, I'm like, the, so those, those options, Omaha peeps knew about that. They told me that. You're male. Let's hear something new. There was nothing new. And I'm like, this is crazy. I was here less than 30 minutes. Actually, I was there over an hour. It took me over 30 minutes just to find where I parked my car. So that's a whole other story. But that's just challenges I have. So I leave Rochester, and I'm like, I was frustrated. I called my wife Jody and was frustrated. I'm like, I don't, why would they, why didn't they just call me on the phone and say, eh, why would, why would it, what? And then and Jody makes a statement. She says, well, I guess then we just have to make a decision about what, what device or what, what you're going to choose to get your hearing back. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to get my hearing back. Like, there are options to get my hearing back. Like, God's going to, it's not the way that I really asked for it, God, but his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But, I, but I'm getting my hearing back. I'm getting my, I may look like a cyborg with something attached to the side of my head, like RoboPastor, but I'm getting my hearing back. And I'm thinking to myself, it's so interesting See, someday all our hearing will be restored to 100%. Someday every, all the people that are blind will be able to see. Someday everybody who's in a wheelchair today will be walking. But until that day comes, I believe that God wants to do something greater, something spiritual in us and to those around us. It's not just a physical thing. It isn't. I don't know what he wants to do through this yet. I, don't get, I know that he wants to impact somebody through this. I don't know how that, I don't know. Do I want it? Not really. But I got to trust that God's ways are better. Okay. Remember where we started our journey today? We started with a blind man who Jesus smeared mud all over his face. Remember that? So uh, he went and washed his head and washed his eyes and he could see. It was never just about the physical healing. That's always a means to an end. If it was just about the physical healing, Jesus wouldn't have made it a point to go find him in the crowd later. But he did. I'll read you the rest of the story. John 9, 35. He sees the man who can see him now. Hey, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? Like, I want to believe in him. And Jesus says, you have seen him. In fact, you are speaking to him. Yes, Lord, I believe. And what is the very next thing he does? He, he, he worships. Because when Jesus is in you and you're in him, the only response is to worship him. So Jesus finds the man. He knows he can see physically, but he knows he's dead spiritually. And Jesus says, I can't. Mm -mm. The paralyzed man on the mat, is it better to be walking and your friends, and you can skip and jump and party and do whatever you want and die 20 years later and go to hell for eternity? What's better, healing your sins, sir, or healing your body? Jesus, the man worshiped. So, so does God still perform miracles? Yes. Does God still heal people, Sam? Yes, he does. And every time God does, we will give him glory. But I came to tell somebody that physical healing and everyone is always a setup for something bigger, for something greater. There's more to the story. There's more to your story.
than what is written. Jesus, he closes with the man and says, I entered the world to render judgment. No one wants to hear that part. Jesus wanted him to hear it. I entered this world to render judgment, sir. To give sight to the blind. He's not talking physical sight. He's talking spiritual. To show those who think they need to see that they are blind. I wonder if he continued the conversation with a man and said, remember the, the religious folks that were there that day? Or actually, that, that would have been, sorry, that would have been the paralyzed guy. But they were the focal point for that story. Not the guy on the mat. For this guy that was blind, Jesus loved him so much. But how can I heal your body and not give you an opportunity to heal your soul? Healings are real and they happen. Don't discount them. We've seen people in our church, this, we've seen a, a woman get high, uh, healed of migraines getting prayed over and they're gone. We've seen a woman with lower back pain get hate, uh, prayed over, gone. We've seen a woman with ovarian cysts in the tests get prayed for by the prayer team, shows back up and they're gone. I don't discount physical healing. It's an amazing thing. But it's never the end. It was ne it's always a setup because God wants to do something greater. I love talking about him, but, but when is the last time we wanted to reach somebody for a spiritual healing? When is the last time we gave an invite card to somebody because we know if they die today, they probably won't spend eternity in heaven with the Lord? When is the last time we were on our knees praying and begging God, God, give me the courage to invite somebody Asking God, give me, I pray for my friends, my family, my brother, my sisters, my best friend. They don't know you. And everybody focuses on this life. It's nothing. But we don't think about the life that is to come. God, give me a burden like that. Those invite cards, when I tell you they are big, heaven and hell hang in the balance. Souls hang in the balance. Oh, it's just an impression. It's just an inflatable. You don't, no, it's not. It's a setup. The inflatables, the helicopter, it's a setup for something greater that God wants to do. Last week, we gave away money to you. And, and if you weren't here last week, you're like, dang, you gave away money last week? I come, you better come to church every week. You miss stuff. Next week, we might give away a car. I don't know, so get here. Um, everybody watching online. So, we gave away money and said, give it away. A gal gave away $20 to another gal. I'll read you the story. <clears throat> she sent it to me. I'm sharing this story because when you take action to what you hear in the weekend message, God will use it to change lives. I went to church all my life, showed up, sitting, leaving, lunch, living my life, and doing the same thing, checking off a box. I don't want to do it anymore. The word of God is going forth. God is injecting his, his, his word, his power into you so that you would go and, and, and listen and do what he says. So this woman listens, and, and we said, hey, give it away. So she gave it away. But she didn't know who to give it away to. This is what she sends me. Man, you talk about someone who needed healing that didn't happen. I have a coworker that's gone through a very emotional time this week. She's in her 40s, recently remarried, and has two teenage daughters of her own. She found out about a month ago that she was pregnant. She was over the moon excited, 
but scared too. I get it. Two teenagers at home, all of a sudden you're out. It's kind of scary, but they were excited. Well, last week she was told the baby at an at a appointment wasn't responsive. And it died, and that they would need to do a procedure to re- remove the child. It, this is, it's real. I mean, this past weekend she was in her emotions. I can't imagine. And she drank heavily because, well, the baby's gone. She drank so much that she was unresponsive, had alcohol poisoning, and had to be rushed to the ER where she spent two days in ICU. Now, before you think, how could she drink like... I've never lost a child. Not saying it's right, I'm just saying it's the truth. After ICU, and she came back, and when she came back to work, listen to what this, listen to what this, listen to what Metal's Church did, because she's Metal's Church. I found her and I prayed with her. It's, it's crazy. I've been racking my brain all week. Who am I going to bless with twenty bucks? Well, today I handed her the twenty with in an envelope with the with the verse written on it. It's twenty bucks. What's that going to do, right? She was so grateful. But then as, as soon as she got it, she asked me, can I pass this on to somebody else? We cried. We hugged. She and her husband might just come to Meadows Church soon. And then she closes the, the email by saying, God is so good. We've got a dead baby. We've got someone who drank so much that they had to go to the hospital for two days. God is so good. And he is. When you have a different mindset. The baby's in heaven today, if you didn't know that. Mom and dad are being loved by a church they've never met or don't know. And they're drawing close to their heavenly father. God is good. I'm not saying it's easy. But God is good. I believe that God wants me to tell you this week, behind every person, behind every smile you see, there is a hurt that only Jesus can heal. That's why we do events like this. That's why we beg you to invite somebody. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. And and many of us don't know what's going on in your life. But God does. God knows what's going on. And I came to tell somebody, and maybe you're in that unhealing place right now. And you're in that hurt right now. And you're in that addiction right now. And you're in that struggle right now. And your marriage is falling apart right now. And I came to tell you, the cross of Jesus Christ is enough. The cross is enough. The cross is enough to heal you. The cross is enough to give you hope, to give you strength, to give you joy, to give you peace. The cross is enough to save you. Do you believe it? If you don't, I'll clap for you because it's true. The cross is enough. Jesus desperately wanted the people healed and the people around to know 
I have not come just to heal your body. I have come to heal you completely. The body is just a temporal nothing. I want to heal you forever. All the things we will do, all the places we will go, all the joy we will share. And God sends him not to be physically healed, but to be crucified and die. Why? Because something has to die for our sin. The wages for our sin, it's death. And your God, your Jesus is so loving, him and the Father have a plan. Kill me. What? Kill, Dad, kill me. Because, because I know you love me, and God, I know you want the best for your son Jesus, but you also want the best for those around us. Kill me. And God did. And Jesus died. But what separates Jesus from any other deity that people are believing in or any other higher power is Jesus, like Lazarus, Jesus didn't stay dead. See, that's what we celebrate in two weeks. That's why it's the biggest party in the world. Nothing matters if the event didn't happen, but it did. Three days later, Jesus Christ came back from the dead, defeated sin, defeated death, and he says, anyone who calls on my name, you believe, you surrender to me. And I say surrender because repentance is part of salvation. You believe it and you receive it. Receiving it means I don't want that anymore. You do have to allow the Holy Spirit to move in you and change directions in your life, change your thinking. He wants to, he'll do it. He has the power. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can go from death to life. You'll still die. Death rate is still hovering about 100%. But you will live forever. You will live forever. And I'm telling you, what isn't healed on earth, oh, I hope you're listening, what isn't healed on earth will be healed in heaven. Because my Bible says there will be no more suffering, no more sadness, no more tears, no more sickness, no more illness, no more wheelchairs, no more death. All there will be is life and life to the full. That's what's waiting for you. God, we trust you today. There are people in our lives who are physically sick. Cancer is real. Heart disease is real. Uh, diabetes is real. These things are real. And any other disease you want to put in the blank. Tragedies are real. Babies dying in the womb are real. But your ways are always higher. And your heart always loves us. God, today may we leave not just owning an elementary phrase, God loves me, but believing it from the depths of our heart. Because if we believe that, my God loves me. My God truly wants the best for me and for those around me, whether they're sick physically or not. This is what my God wants. And if healing doesn't happen this side of heaven, God's up to something. And praise God that this world isn't all there is because it's not. How many times have we prayed for people physically and not even know where they stand spiritually? Think of the insanity of that. I'll pray that you physically be healed, but, but never tell you how you can be spiritually set free. Just prolonging a life to die. Father, give us a heart for eternity. 
Father, I, I thank you for your love and your truth. I thank you for the precious word of God. And God, we thank you for Jesus. In him we have all that we need. This world will bring sickness and struggle and tragedy and death. But we're not going to live for this world. We're going to live for eternity. That's not easy to do. But you haven't called us to easy. You've called us to what is beautiful, true, righteous, and loving. God, for people that need to surrender their life to you today, it's not because they're good, because we're not. You are. It's because your grace saves us by our faith when we sell out to you. And someone online watching this or listening two years from now, you're going to hear this and you're going to surrender your life on a treadmill or in a car. And we thank God in advance for new life in Christ. Someone in the room, you're hearing this and you thought you had to be good to get to God in heaven. No, you can't be. You're not good enough and neither am I. You just got to know the one who is and surrender your life to him and say, I don't want my life anymore. God, live, forgive my sins, live in me and through me and guide me for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. There, I just prayed it for you. You believe what I just prayed? You surrender to it? Mark your connect card. Let us know. Mark it online. Let us know. But whether you mark it or not, the main thing is what's going on in your heart right now. God, for those of us that have sold out to you, God, may we live it out. Church begins when we leave this place. May we live it out by giving, by handing a piece of paper or sending an online invite, thinking, oh, that'll probably do nothing. Yeah, that's what millions of people have thought over the years. And yet you're saving people every day through other people that have the courage to reach out in love and say, hey, we're doing this thing. You and your kids might like it. God, we love you. We thank you for your church, the bride of Christ. Meadows, were a messy one. <laughs> you know that, don't you? You're well aware. But you didn't come for the clean. You didn't come for the righteous. You came for the messy. You came for the unclean. You came for us all. Give us the courage and the power of Holy Spirit to do what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name I pray and the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.